The year is 1997. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Love and Thunder. Variant cover. Marvelous Year podcast, reading club, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. We have covered all of 1997, but we're going to take another little summer break here to do an episode talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, the latest entry in Phase 4 of the MCU. It came out this weekend. I'm Dave, founder and editor-in-chief of comicbookherald.com, today to talk Thor, Love and Thunder. And if you haven't seen this, it's going to be a spoiler-filled chat. All right, we're going to talk about this movie in detail. To talk Love and Thunder... He's been screaming on this podcast for so long that honestly, it's totally won me over. I didn't know that it would, <laughs> but the screams have finally won me over by the end and where we are now. It's Zach Dean, my favorite screaming goat. How's it going? It's 7 a.m. and my wife is asleep like one and a half rooms over or I would really <laughs> tr- give it. I, I like sat up and then like I started prepping myself like for a goat scream and then I was like, no, yeah, yeah. no, I can't. I can't do it. So just imagine. We'll, we'll put that. Imagine how funny. We'll put that, that, that on the everyone. Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put that on. Yeah, the I Patreon. was gonna say, I'll, editor, I'll, please put that in. Uh, <laughs> okay, whoever yes. the editor to this is. Okay. What do you mean, whoever <laughs> the editor is? <laughs> well, it it sounds cooler when when a host is like yeah. you know, talking to their producer, mm, right? Okay. As opposed to gotcha. You yeah, know, we definitely have. Uh, an, a hired editor on top of it's not it's definitely not just Zach uh, yeah well but, but the <laughs> idea that we have himself. a hired editor but you're also like whoever that editor is just like <laughs> that we treat them so poorly we don't even know their name well no yeah, we're so famous and rich that we have like at least 10 different editors yeah I would still know all their names you know but it's just me wow uh, anyway, Zach, uh, Zach is a true man of the people <laughs> and he's also a screaming goat and he's here we are also joined by a Gen Zer who discovered Guns yep. N' Roses for the first time this past weekend. <laughs> As all Gen Zers discover music through media, it's Charlotte Fierro. How's it going, Charlotte? You, <laughs> well, oh my God. everyone is going to make fun of me. You did have one tweet, I think this morning, referencing, I think, two Guns N' Roses songs. And I didn't know, I, I didn't know what they were. So your tweet was very confusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was a comparison between uh, Ragnarok and Love and Thunder. And I'm guessing two Guns N' Roses song. But two... not knowing what those were was made for a very confusing tweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it, two GNR albums actually yeah. the the progression from their debut appetite for destruction to their overstuffed use your illusion parts one and two i most of my review of thor love and thunder is from the perspective of guns and roses so I, That's it's, <laughs> it's definitely going to be confusing for those who are not not aficionados um yeah i i mean i i i don't actually mind uh, younger people discovering <laughs> music through Do you media, like Guns N Roses? a time-tested this tradition. Is, you know, the last, I actually really, yeah. I actually really do like Appetite for Destruction. Um, I think it's, I think it's a great '80s 
I, I I guess you call it hair metal, but it's really it's that it's that type of blues rock that is transcends, I guess, sort of the stereotypes of the genre. Um, kind of in all the right ways, but like I don't I don't listen to it with tremendous regularity. <laughs> but but yeah, I like it. I think it's quite good. I actually don't really like Use Your Illusion. Um, I think those are those are not particularly good. And I was here for Chinese democracy, Zach. Zach, what, how 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 highly did you? Oh, okay. So you're not. I'm not a big Guns N' Roses guy. In. I don't. Welcome to the Jungle is fun for like trailers. <laughs> That's about the highest. I'm gonna rate the uh, or the grand, or action sequences. I think the Grand Theft Auto a, San Andreas trailer with Welcome to the Jungle playing uh, back in like 2005 or whatever. It's the last time I was like, yeah. oh yeah, Welcome to Jungle is cool. Besides that, well, not all right. Interested. So since we're f- first off, slander. Paradise City Slander, <laughs> Mr. Brownstone Slander, Rocket Queen Slander. Um, while we're talking about the music, let's just start here because it's one of my biggest gripes. <laughs> one of my, it's one of my biggest okay. critiques, actually, of this film, um, which I promise we will get into. Okay, how do both of you feel about a soundtrack in a movie, like in the MCU, I guess specifically, almost entirely coming from one album? Um but definitely one artist. Like, did that bother you? <laughs> because it bothered me. And here's why. Here's why. It seems really lazy. It seems yeah. <laughs> incredibly lazy. They used they used literally the three biggest GNR songs, right? They went to Spotify. Mm-hmm. They looked at the three most popular, and they used those. And on one hand, I sort of appreciate the flex of the MCU being like, we can use any song we want, and we will do that. Great. That's good. That's fun. Sweet Child of Mine in this movie and in the trailer. First off, great song. Second off, works thematically, like, really well, actually. Um, the rest of it, though, it's, like, fun in the moment, but kind of as it progressed, I was like, when you, I just, when you compare it to a James Gunn-helmed project, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, right, and you get the mixtape, and you get Peacemaker, and you get all this you know, like, like, you know, you just, you get a, a people actually investing in songs that fit the mood and the tone of the movie using the exact same Black Panther as well. album. Yeah. Black Panther great, and a Kendrick Lamar curated soundtrack. album. That's really good. Yeah. It's really flipping good. Um, yeah, I just, I found that incredibly lazy. I found that incredibly lazy. And I, those songs in the particular moments are all, they totally work. Like it wasn't yeah. that. It wasn't that, but it was the, it was just the like, wow, you put the bare minimum effort, if not, but probably the Here's maximum. Here's what's going to happen. Charlotte and I, I guarantee you that Charlotte, I, I'm, I'm about to say it and Charlotte will agree with me. I had no idea it was all from the same album. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was one. <laughs> I had no idea there were all Guns N' Roses. I, I knew yeah, it was yeah, all, right. I didn't know it was the entire soundtrack was Guns N' Roses. I knew it used a lot of Guns N' Roses because of, you know, yeah. the three biggest hits and then a couple others I recognized, but like. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it does lead I, to like, if you're just, I mean, like me or and you're apathetic towards Guns N' Roses or even worse, if you're just like, God, I hate that band. Like <laughs> that every, would be funny. Every yeah, like yeah. high school boy around me when I was like, you know, growing up in the eighties, just listened to it so much. And I hate that album. Like then it just spoils the entire <laughs> movie for you. It It is yeah. a little bit like being like this movie's aesthetic is one album and we're just going to, I mean. Every critic's review has been talking about that, too. Not that the first movie wasn't a little lazy using, um, oh, my God, what uh, the the immigrant song? Led, Led, Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, immigrant song. Yeah. <laughs> Dire Maker oh, well, came into my rock. head for some reason. <laughs> Dire <laughs> like, Maker would right. be a great twist. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, yeah, that's what we want. Get 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 into the. Albums, I, you know what? Right? I guess it's because cuts. like if it was a actually if it's even Led Zeppelin and but it was just pulling a, a full wide breadth of Led Zeppelin songs. Leb Zeppelin. <laughs> Leb Zeppelin. Leb Zeppelin. Well, this is you're talking early days, Thor, and we we couldn't get the rights. <laughs> we, we could not get the rights to the lead um, at that point. No, immigrant song, like immigrant song, was lazy and obvious. But in that particular moment, and only doing it once in Ragnarok, I it did not bother me. No, at they all. did it, it twice was, in it Ragnarok. Just, I was totally that's, willing that's to have the fun with, with it. it in Ragnarok. Is they do it at the opening scene and they do it in like the closing action scene. And oh, see, I only remember it in the closing. Yeah, it's twice. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. which undercuts it uh it's kind of a bummer i just i i remember when in in college okay i saw the first iron man trailer with robert Downey jr and it was two black sabbaths iron man and i was like this is the hokiest worst (laughs) idea like that is just so on the flipping nose and i kind of had flashbacks to that with paradise city as we see new asgard Mm -hmm. for the first time yeah maybe okay just two on the darn nose um, and too much repetition. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, both of you, obviously, this would not have been a problem Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> your brains don't aren't as broken um, with, with GNR. Also, I'm just going to tell everyone now, there's going to be a weekend where Gen Z discovers Guns N' Roses and Axl Roses, specifically One in a Million, which is an incredibly homophobic and racist song, or at least it contains incredibly homophobic and racist lyrics. Maybe it's satirical. I don't know. Um, just, just turn off your computers on that day. Just turn off your computers, <laughs> walk outside. Um, <laughs> they've already, they've already like moved away from the song, declared it a mistake. It is in unequivocally, but I'm telling you, it's probably gonna happen one of these weekends coming soon. All right. Just a little warning shot for the, for the young folks in the audience. Yeah. So that's our review of Thor Living Thunder. I think, uh, I think we're done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's all I want to say. That's all I want to say. Was, Dave was a little annoyed by the soundtrack. I was kind of apathetic about it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Movie. We're done. Let's move on. You know what, though? I actually think that's probably going to sum up uh, some of our movie feelings. So, all right. I've talked enough. Clearly. I think Charlotte. Charlotte. Tell me. What did you think of Thor: Love and Thunder? Oh, first I want to say I think this goes again with your theory that uh, Marvel projects work w- better without the sound. <laughs> Would you have enjoyed <laughs> Love and Thunder? <laughs> Without the sound more, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, I am baffled <laughs> by how many people hate this movie. Yeah. Like, they seem, from what I've seen on, like, well, I mean, Twitter is Twitter, so you can't, like... But I don't know, it seems like people think this is one of the worst things Marvel has ever done. It's it's super fun. Like, I, I really, really liked it, I think. It's probably my favorite movie in recent years from Marvel, like outside of No Way Home. But like they're so so different that it's hard to compare. Yeah, like post Endgame. <laughs> yeah, post Endgame. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I really really liked it. I might like it better than Ragnarok, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really really fun. High praise, high praise, Zach. What'd you think? Yeah, I've only gotten like echoes of the bad rep it's getting, and and it's hard to you know like I think about that and it's hard to parse exactly because it's like well i'm sure some of the like blowback is because it's like girl thor and some of the blows some of the blowback from like you know right-wing idiots is because of like girl thor some of the blowback from like left-wing people is because people are like not as into taika waititi right now like there's a anti-taika waititi zach blowback. zach did have i ever called anything harder on this podcast than the than the taika sans uh being over uh, I don't remember you doing that, but I'll give you credit for it. Sure. Gosh, come on. Did, give did me some you read, credit. Oh. <laughs> it was just on the last variant. I don't remember that. 
Uh, Tiffany Tiffany Bab just wrote an <laughs> article, well, not just, like two months ago, about Taika Waititi called No, Taika Waititi Will Not Save Us. <laughs> uh, kind of about the, like, idolization yeah, of Taika Waititi. It's really it's good. good. It's really good. Um, well, and also just sort of being hailed as, I guess, like a queer savior. Yeah, that's the dumb. Um, I mean, th- there's a... <laughs> leaving Thor Love and Thunder, I was not like, man, it's so frustrating how not gay it is or whatever. Because, like, I don't... Neat, like I don't have that expectation that I'm like, well, this movie needs to be queer, right? But having the like seeing the press conference where someone asked him and Natalie Portman like, how gay is it, guys? And Taika Waititi gives this like smug look and then passes it over to Natalie Portman and she's like, so gay. And then the crowd erupts with you know applause. And then watching the movie and it's like, yeah, you, it's it's not that it's not so gay. It's, just a little tiny bit gay <laughs> like that that annoys me uh you know that they're still selling it but then again there's that classic tweet uh what, what is it like getting queer baited by disney is like getting beat by a dog in chess something like that you know so like <laughs> just don't fall for it people um yeah yeah i uh i like this movie i had fun with it i'm not really sure where the blowback is i mean it might be a, a expectations and the love of ragnarok i've been seeing people a lot of people who don't like this, like hate this, don't like Ragnarok anyway. So I kind of get it because right. it doubles down on Ragnarok, and I think I think it's less successful than Ragnarok. Like it's less tonally successful, and like it doesn't mesh all the things like the comedy and drama as well as Ragnarok has. Um, so like I can kind of get liking it less, but I'm not sure where the, like the abject hatred from some people love Ragnarok and hate this movie, and that I I don't get. Um, so yeah, all right, so let me let me jump in. Let me jump okay. in. So okay. I'm definitely I'm gonna be the negative Nelly on this movie. Oh really? It would okay. seem. I'm not. Let me be clear. Let's be clear before everybody gets mad at the <laughs> I'm headphones. Already, I'm already I, steamed. Yeah, I know. I do not hate this movie. Okay, I too was somewhat baffled by the the levels of negativity going into this, which I also do want to thank. Because having seen just a little bit of that, mm-hmm. just a yeah. little smattering <laughs> of critical slandering of this film, right, of, of critical panning, I was like, oh, good, <laughs> good. Like, some people don't like it a lot. I'll get to go into it. I don't have crazy high expectations mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Ragnarok, okay? I, I liked Ragnarok a lot more. I think that's a much tighter, more sophisticated, um, successful version of this. This is the shadow dimension pale imitator i think of ragnarok in my view uh that said that said it's still quite funny at at moments it does some things surprisingly well even as i'm thinking to myself like we'll get into the details obviously but like jane's saga i think is kind of a miss but there are moments to Jane Saga, that I think had real effective emotion. I thought Gore the God Butcher. I thought Christian Bale was great. I thought the use of the character was was a miss. Um, but then there's like surprisingly good commentary around the value of gods and what are they supposed to be and what should they embody. The stuff that the comics that this is based on does incredibly well. And I, I actually think the more I think about it, um, the the more I like that run, frankly, Jason Aaron, Isaac Rubich, mm, oh, uh, Russell Dodderman, Matthew Wilson, etc., etc. Et it's it's really incredible, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. But ultimately, ultimately, Thor: Love and Thunder for me, it's it's in my lower, perfectly average kind of tier. I think it's a messy movie. 
It has its bright spots. It has a lot of moments that try real hard and just absolute, absolute duds. Um, I, I have not been to a Marvel movie. I cannot remember the last time I was at a Marvel movie in a theater full of people that, that had a clear attempt at humor that was met with absolute silence. Um, because usually you have the people who are just in, they're just in, right? They're just fully a hundred percent in and stuff. That's not even a joke they're laughing at because they like these characters so much. Um, this this movie and obviously case study of one right <laughs> cranky no, afternoon the theater same, crowd I don't I know laughing, but it was like there was stuff that got nothing I was laughing a lot more than my audience actually because I was like surprisingly on board with the comedy like it it mostly hit for me there were very there was a handful of jokes where I went Ugh, like uh, Jane being like stage four we don't even know how many stages there are like that joke oof <laughs> um. But yeah. uh, no, I kind of had that too. Where I was like laughing at stuff, and my audience was very quiet. And I was like, "Oh, this is not landing for people." I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, and I and I like I like Taika's humor a lot. You know, like I'm I want to go on record as like I'm a huge fan of Hunt for the Wilder People. We've talked about what we do in the shadows, and obviously I'm very high on Ragnarok. You know, I was excited about that sensibility. That sensibility tends to click for me quite well. Uh, but in Love and Thunder. I don't think it was super well executed. You know, it's just, um, and, but there are moments that are like, there's stuff in this. I, I quite enjoyed. I just, I don't know. I kind of can't, I can't rank it any higher than like the messiest of Marvel, hmm. I guess. I like just... it's not a tight flick. It doesn't quite know what it wants to be. It's trying to do too much and not doing a lot of it. Well, um, so yes, I guess ultimately, you know, I am comparatively negative, uh, on this, but like I had again, it's like one of those things where it's when people are coming out of this like, and I've seen multiple like critics I respect be like, this is the worst of the MCU, or this is the worst movie I've seen in years. That sort of thing. I had a pretty good time with it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm nowhere near that. That level of critique is, I don't know if it's based more around the actual like, the, you know, movie things movie heads actually know about, you know, things like, uh, you know, lighting and and the way it's shot and the way it's actually directed. Like, I don't I don't consume stuff that way. I consume it in story. Uh, it's certainly in movies. And the story itself was just totally fine. And uh, I had an OK time with it. Charlotte? Yeah, and I, I've, I've seen people talk about, like, in comparison to Ragnarok, things that, like, like you said, that it's a, a kind of a lesser version of Ragnarok, or that it it's manages what Ragnarok did less well and I I don't know I, I to me it struck a better balance at the funny stuff and the emotional stuff than Ragnarok did was like the main thing about that we can mention about Ragnarok on, on that stuff is like the Asgard is just being is just destroyed and immediately it's indicated by a joke and I felt like there wasn't really any of that in Love and Thunder like the the emotional moments were given room to breathe, especially at the very end. Um, yeah, I, to me, those moments worked very well and better than Ragnarok. I don't know the the humor really worked for me. Maybe I'm just no the humor. The humor, humor worked for broken. me really well, though. I, I think yeah. I and every other person who's ever seen this movie will disagree that the like tonal balance between comedy and drama works better in this than Ragnarok because I think that's that's like the big criticism. And I, I agree with it, although it didn't really bother me that much. But I guess that's just because I was, like, on board with the comedy and the, like, action adventure enough that, like, yeah. 
the like the dramatic stuff not fully lit you know like i was not it did not pull at my heartstrings at the end with like jane's sacrifice and like the you know i wasn't feeling like triumphant with the kids at the end but i was having fun with it right like i kind of just enjoyed it and i think like that the action adventure comedy stuff worked well enough that i could kind of forgive the miss of the tone but i no, i think there's a lot of stuff that's undercut by jokes here like there's very little sense of urgency about the 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 children being stolen away uh when they're like still making all these goofs (laughs) and like thor is uh, like thor showing up in the uh shadow realm being summoned there by heimdall's kid and then like there's a lot of jokes in those scenes and it's just like that that stuff does not particularly work because you know it doesn't work on a level of like well should i take this seriously because it's being undercut by like silly goofs in hemsworth's uh like funny performance i think he's very funny but i just i think like he's directed to be making jokes at sometimes the wrong moments you know one thing i i think about chris hemsworth as thor who i really like really flippin' like in ragnarok i think he has more of the benefit of not being so heavily the lead you know, mm-hmm. I think there's there's more going on. Mark Ruffalo shows up as the Hulk. We get the introduction of Tessa Thompson's character. Um, Jeff Goldblum's making appearances. And probably most importantly, Loki's still around. You know, mm-hmm. this movie is, sure. is completely devoid of Loki. And that actually does make a big difference because you need a counterbalance, I think, to the Hemsworth himbo Thor. You know, I think as like a straight up lead in a rom-com, which is the genre Thor Love and Thunder is going to get thrown into. As Which I don't plays. see. Yeah. What's the MCU doing now? I know. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't. I heard that. Really watch like, it that I way. I don't think so at all. I, I mean, well, there's a little bit of that with his axe, which is funny. I love that stuff. The like. The stuff with the axes was really funny. <laughs> I Absolutely. Like but I, I think the problem with the rom-com angle is that's actually probably the least interesting piece of this to me is the romance between Thor and Jane. Like that was never built up as particularly compelling in the previous movies. This movie yeah. tries to sort of retroactively make it more interesting and more compelling, and it I just don't care. I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, I don't care the, about the, the stuff about their relationship, like the the montage of their relationship. I thought that worked fine, but you know, and then it was cute. But then when they I got back the, together, the they funny. just kind of get back together. I seen, yeah, I seen people like say that uh, in this movie, um, Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth have like really good chemistry. I disagree. <laughs> I don't think they. I never believe that they're going like coming back together, really. And part of it is like I don't really, I don't think Nari Portman is doing like a lot of interesting stuff in this movie. And I know like she's a great actress and other stuff and, yeah. and all, but like no, I, I, I she, agree. She's Let's not talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about she's that. She's a big deal here. Please finish Charlotte, but I want to talk about Natalie as as Jane. You want me to finish Charlotte? Like kill, kill oh God. Zach, uh-huh. we, we uh, talked about this only <laughs> only when she disagrees with me again. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> only sorry. then. Okay, um, Charlotte, go on, please. Yeah, the like she's. I think she's the less. She's the least funny of the main cast. Like she, she's l- definitely least funny, less funny than Hemsworth and Thompson. Taika Waititi as Korg like works sometimes. Um, he he works most time, but he he can get a little too much. Yeah, she she's fine. She like she's going for more like awkward humor like she in the way she talks about her cancer stuff like that it doesn't always work and i it feels like she they're trying something new with the character but it's it's coming from literally nothing from the two first movies and i don't know if it works that well it is like scene by scene how she plays the character to be kind of funny or like the this new superhero trying to 
yeah, have fun with being a superhero. I think she works better in the dramatic scenes, but overall, I I definitely thought she was the like she was the lesser actor in this movie of the main cast, which is kind of crazy because it's Natalie Portman, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, so Zach, comment on that because you're the cinema head. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. My wife my wife has a long running thing that Natalie Portman's not actually good. No, she's and like great. she has like a really good <laughs> reputation. Um, but tell tell me, is Natalie Portman actually good? Yeah, like, what she's is, great. What but is the, you know, it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like uh, Jackie and Black Swan and Annihilation, like movies, like non franchise movies. Sure, right? You know, maybe less so in like Star Wars. Has the chops. Star Wars and Thor. Uh, Leon the Professional when she's like fourteen, she's very good in that. Um, yeah, no, she she's can be a very good actress. Uh, I don't know if she's wow. like Garden State oh, Erasure. Oh, Garden State! I love her in Garden State. I know that's like <laughs> same passe yeah. to say so, but I like I like that movie, and I think she's very fun as you know the prototypical manic pixie dream girl. Um, yeah, she. Uh, I just don't think like she's got that like natural ease with comedy that like that we're all surprised to find out that like Hemsworth does when they let him like lean into that, especially the awkward thing. Like I I kind of like them doing that. Um, huntress in birds of prey like i'm not quite comfortable in this role of like being a superhero and i'm still workshopping my lines but like Mm, yeah it didn't quite sell in the cancer thing like those jokes i I mean it felt like somebody it it was funny rose sitting next to me uh when she made that stage four cancer joke rose did like a (laughs) like a a, uh, the awkward chuckle that she, she gives when somebody makes a joke and she feels compelled to laugh at it to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like the like everyone in the in the movie could hear her, and she's j- like, well, just I if a laugh. normal joke doesn't land, you know, yeah. that's just kind of a, a gag. Then she doesn't feel the polite chuckle. But when it's somebody who's like trying for a laugh <laughs> and uh, and is not really getting one, then like I just like instinctively she like needs to politely chuckle. To <laughs> yeah. Uh, so moment. so Charlotte, have you have you read the Jane Thor stuff? I've, or yeah, are you I've a read... fake fan? <laughs> I don't know said. that I've read everything, J- like everything Jason Aaron Thor, but I did read uh, Go God Butcher and I read uh, the whole Jane Foster as Thor okay. uh, comics, which I, I really like both of these. Yeah, um, I, yeah I, I, I mean, I definitely don't think the movie does the cancer stuff as well as the <laughs> as the the comics do, uh, and the like. It it ends on a very, uh, I was gonna say it ends on a very different note, but. Not that much, at least thematically, I guess. Um, yeah. Zach, have you read those comics? I have, but I don't think I actually finished the Jane Foster run, so okay. I don't know how it ends. Um, I probably got okay. like halfway through it, so I've, so I've seen her be Jane Foster. Or Thor. I don't, I don't want to do a long thing on comics are better than movies. I think that's clearly established as my <laughs> my grounding, right? Um, the richness of the Jane run in Thor is just so much fuller. Than what this movie. It, I was definitely bummed out that it's like okay, if we're gonna do the Jane is Thor thing, right? And Natalie Portman's character shows up, and we we find that Jane Foster has cancer, um, and she's trying to find a way to heal herself, and ultimately that brings her to New Asgard, and this consideration of could Mjolnir help, and Mjolnir shattered, and lo and behold, puts herself back together, and she becomes Thor. The thing that works so well about the comics run, it's a lot of things, but one thing that works incredibly well is it is the rare mid-2010s Marvel series that actually lets the legacy inheritor take center stage, like almost fully, 
Like, Thor's still around during that era, and I'm going to try not to spoil stuff, because I know people in the club won't have read this. Like, Thor's still around. <laughs> well, it's funny, because, is... like, actually, just sorry, I just want to point out, if you read that run, just knowing that it's Jane Foster is a spoiler, because, like, it's a surprise when I went to go read it. It's like eight issues oh, of yeah. like, who is the might? Who is this lady Thor? <laughs> it's three issues of mystery. Is it only <laughs> three? It felt much. I remember. I think it's feeling, something like that. It's it's pretty short. I think it's longer than, than you're saying, but it yeah. Whatever the case, it's a uh, it, it takes some time where it's like it's an actual mystery of who this is. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Dave. Come on. Cats out of the bag. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> given this movie, exactly. right? I, I think. <laughs> yeah. It, hard to, hard to keep that a uh, secret. Um, but no, the thing that happens is like Thor becomes unworthy, um, in large part because of his interactions with Gore the God Butcher in earlier arcs. And he takes us, he's, you know, steps aside. He's the Odin son. He's not the Thor during that movie. And there's a world where you can do two Thors together quite well. But I think what happens in this movie because of limitations of time and space and just the amount of story you can do is Jane does not get the focus that I think is required to have this be her movie. I mean, this is not her movie at all. It's still Chris Hemsworth Thor's movie, Mm -hmm. right? Far, far and away. And I think that's kind of disappointing. I think it's kind of disappointing to use one of the rare examples of a legacy character that was like really done well. I, I would say like that is the 2010s legacy character that worked, you know, and was really, cause like you look at every other attempt in comics during that time, you look at Sam Cap, you look at Riri Williams, Ironheart. I like Ironheart. I don't know. At, maybe maybe I didn't read how she came in, but I read, I'm not saying I don't like any of these characters. Successful, yeah, like, yeah. I guess that's in popularity. That's then yeah, that's that's. I mean, for I sure guess true. they don't count, but Miles and Kamala, like I was going to say, I was going to say Miles and Spider Man, Miles yeah. and Spider, because they do the same thing. They Marvel consistently tries to have its cake and eat it too. They don't actually move the main hero out of the way, or the the the. Yeah original hero and this movie makes that exact same mistake and i liked jane's stuff i liked uh her using mjolnir and the the capturing the doubterman and wilson you know hammer flying off into bits because it's been shattered effects those are that was really cool um her her journey though is just so i swallowed up by the fact that she's like what like the third or fourth main character in this movie you know i don't know i found that kind of disappointing what, what did both of you think of of jane's arc charlotte you can go first i i agree that like the that storyline sh- would have needed maybe more more time to breathe and more of a central stage but part of me was also like like if you're not going to give to make her the main character i kind of and and maybe it's like it would have worked better in, a, in another movie with different storylines but i like the idea of if you don't have that much to say about that part of the movie, don't spend like the full entire act on it. And like it was just, I don't know, three scenes between uh, her at the clinic, then her doing research and her becoming Thor. Yeah. That's like that felt kind of light and breathy to me in a way that I actually kind of enjoyed. But I agree that like I would have liked better her having the central stage and being the the main character of the movie but that's a completely different movie i think yeah yeah i agree and it is i, I was a little i guess a couple things surprised me and maybe not not really in a negative way just uh didn't go with the my expectations for this which is yes that she's slightly less front and center than i expected and i think that was just coming from the comics where she becomes so front and center for so long <clears throat> and then that they kill her at the end like genuinely surprised <laughs> that they did that um 
I don't think it's a bad move. Like, I don't think it's a, a bad ending for her here. And I, and I think it works actually fine within the confines of the movie itself. But just a little surprise, since the MCU is generally so, like, okay, well, we want to build up characters so that you'll love them more and more across, you know, the way that people loved Scarlet Witch by the time, like, WandaVision rolled around, despite the fact that she'd never really had a, <laughs> a good appearance in a movie, right? Like, just that familiarity breeds, uh, you know, like, fan loyalty. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of surprised. Although I, I do, it makes me wonder, like, did Natalie Portman say, like, I'll come back for one? <laughs> like, I, w- I wonder if there's yeah. that kind of confine because it, it was surprising that they didn't want to, you know, build her up for the, the future. And they're clearly going to do more Thor movies. I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought we were going to lose, you know, Chris Hemsworth Thor to, like, pave the way for her um, by the end of this. But it is not how this played out. Yeah, yeah. I was also definitely expecting it. I mean, I was expecting... 50-50, either he dies or she dies, like, by the third act. Mm. But I, I do think I was leaning more towards him dying, maybe because, like, that's what we've been used to with Tony, with Steve, with, like, other characters from the earlier MCU. Yeah, I guess it was um, a little bit of meta. It's interesting that they're going a different direction. Yeah, like, a, a meta consideration. I was like, are they really yeah. going to have five Thor movies with Chris Hemsworth? And apparently, because this movie really sets up another Thor movie. Um, yeah, yeah. That's interesting that you both thought that. At no point watching this did I think Chris was at risk. <laughs> like I was, I would have been super shocked if the movie had ended that way. Actually, hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I didn't that at all. I didn't. Ex- yeah, maybe I didn't expect it as much as just kind of like I. I would have guessed that over Jane dying in the first movie that she appears in as Thor. I also maybe it just might have been like thinking well the mcu is not going to kill another like female hero they've already gotten so much flack for that lately <laughs> oh no yeah oh no <laughs> i mean you know Watch i this. i think it's fine i don't think like i think it works okay here i don't think there's any you know like it she gets a well it, i think too if you know jane's saga yeah you know what they're doing and uh let's just say we probably haven't seen the well, last well the, the post credit scene yeah that's shows us that's like, a question we'll see more of her somehow yeah She's in Valhalla. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah, postcard yeah. scene. And you know who else is the Valhalla? <laughs> you know, oftentimes Valkyries. You know what Jane goes by in the comics now? She's a Valkyrie. So uh, the stage is set. The stage, yeah. they just, but I think the, you know, the downside to that for me is that means, you know, three, four years of comic stories they rushed through. To get her to Valhalla. And I know, I listen, it's like, listen, I know. It, I it just, I don't know, I'm increasingly like, the less um, um MCU thing has to do with a, with a comics adaptation, the happier I'm going to be, I think, ultimately. Like, No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness, those are their own movies. There are not comics templates for those movies, right? You can't point to... Oh, if you if you uh, you know like No Way Home, all you should read where it came from, which is you know one more day. Like it doesn't actually work that way, right? Um, Multiverse of Madness, same thing, right? The concepts are there. There's touch points and there's minor. The, what I liked about the MCU on the build to end game is, with the exception of Winter Soldier, you know, it's regularly bits and pieces of adaptations. And something happened post end game for me. Where and I don't know if it's something they're actually doing or if it's just in my head, but it increasingly feels like the touch points are becoming much brought to the front a, a lot more, which is probably good for like, you know, people who haven't read these things picking up Fraction and Aha. Uh, They're also Hawkeye. more recent. 
like more recent that's runs. Part of it too. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, Hawkeye, this with uh, Jason Aaron stuff, Miss Marvel, like a lot of it is more recent stuff, and like maybe, I mean, I know part of me is more protective of the more more recent stuff because it feels more like the stuff I was reading when it was coming coming out, whereas I, yeah. I care less about. Yeah. Um, not that I care less, but I, I care less about eighties or nineties or seventies stuff being adapted faithfully because I, I don't think that would work. Um, and like, there's maybe a, an idea that because more recent comics like have more modern sensibilities and are written or drawn or like made in a more cinematographic way for for some of them, that people think they can be adapted more easily directly into movies, which I don't think necessarily works. But I think that can be part of the reasoning. That's a really, really good point mm. that I had not considered is that, yeah, like they're adapting really recent stuff. Jason yeah. Aaron's a creative consultant on this movie. Like it is contemporary, right? And you're probably 100% correct that some of that is just the recency of it. It doesn't feel to me like things need to be overhauled in the same way that they do if you're doing older stuff, you know, yeah. that might have more more obvious flaws to us now decades removed from it i i really love that point that's interesting um but i but i have to say the setup for thor 5 right the the final you know the stinger of okay love and thunder it's going to be thor and his adopted eternity daughter after the end of this that actually has me really excited yeah because it's <laughs> like is there anything like, yeah. in the comics because it's totally like new that? yeah that doesn't exist I, was like, I don't like no. thor as a kid anytime in the comics like no like no, i'm yeah, way I, more into that yeah, uh possible movie than probably this yeah, I was trying to think of like what the closest thing to this, like Thor adopting a king in the comic, a kid in the comics, would be. Like the closest thing I can think of is the stuff with him and Kid Loki in the two thousands, and that's yeah. that's not the same thing. The Gil- but the yeah, it's, run, that's probably, that's yeah. a very fun direction. That's a, a fun character, and like I don't know if it's it will probably play into into Thor five, whatever that is. But it feels like an eternity daughter. Feels like an Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy level thing, like something that might play into the whatever the bigger plan for the MCU is, because that, that's that's a sure. huge thing. Like it, I don't know if like if they want to do that, but it's kind of made made me think of the Cap, what is it, Captain Captain Universe stuff in Hickman's Avengers, with like someone being the incarnation of the universe. Um, like yeah, that, that feels like the kind of thing that could play a role in the bigger picture of the MCU. But I, I, I'm honestly t- totally fine with just being a, a father-daughter, uh, adoptive father, adoptive daughter comedy in, in Thor 5. That's That sounds very fun to me too. I agree. I agree. I, I, I don't think you get a daughter returned via Eternity who has little Eternity eyes <laughs> without yeah. playing with that. <laughs> um, the character that I definitely saw the most was... Yeah, I don't remember if this starts in the Hickman Avengers or what, but I remember her in A-Force and the Secret Wars tie-in. There's that girl who's, like, made of eternity. She has a name. Yeah, that's, I'm just that's Captain that's, Universe, right? That's the I same she, That's the same thing? Okay. Yeah, I think she she calls herself Captain Universe. Sure. Okay, then perfect. Yeah, then I, I think probably we're moving <sighs> yeah. You nerds going to start oh, talking boy. about something I know about soon? Yeah, all right, Zach. Tell us about the lighting. Okay, what did so, you think about? yeah, the, we're talking about all the, like, Oh, what does this mean for the six-year Disney plan? This nerd, nerd. We talked about this <laughs> for one We're minute. not talking Calm about down. that at all. It does. <laughs> you are. Um, <clears throat> I think. I I think the story stuff in this, like the actual story swings, works okay. I think there's some misses and some successes, and like generally, it's kind of just <clears throat> functional. Like I, it worked. It kept me. But you liked it a lot. But well, I think what works for me 
I think the comedy on this really worked for me, surprisingly. Um, yeah. That it worked as well as it did. Like, I was laughing a ton. The goats always got me. The two goats screaming constantly. I mean, they just kept pushing the button. I was expecting to get so annoyed at the jokes because at the very beginning, they're like constantly screaming while they're getting up on yeah, the gadget and The fact and that they just like kind of keep pressing it <laughs> like when it they were funny, they kept pressing, but they, they use it more sparsely like it's it's um yeah it's the yeah, yeah. end of a joke or it's just like one scream when they when they crash into the planet that's extremely funny <laughs> that got me good yeah yes. yeah yeah um that that was fun the i i want to point out russell crowe as zeus I, d- I did not know he had these comedy jobs. I've seen the the nice guy. People hate that. I love him. In People the nice hated him as as so as Zeus. Funny. He's incredible. In- he's incredible. Yeah. That accent, that accent that he was doing, his body language, just everything reeking this kind of like pathetic, <laughs> washed up old guy, you know, who like barely fits in his armor. And that little dance he was doing when he was like showing off the thunderbolt, when he like kept making eye contact with Chris Hemsworth during the dance. In the, <laughs> I, I flick a little too hard. <laughs> like, yeah, all that stuff no, yeah, he really was incredible worked for me. I was, I was dying with Russell Crowe. Um, I think you could argue that scene was too long, but otherwise, I'm, I'm also in agreement with both of you, and kind of confused by the people who are like, "This was the worst." His Greek accent was too no, over that's the top. The joke. Or it's like <laughs> the joke he was Zeus. <laughs> he's, he's supposed to be a caricature of Zeus. Like that is, that's the character. I don't know. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that the, the joke is that he's supposed to seem like a buffoon, right? Like, he, you're supposed to... You, if he was just doing, like, a big, tough guy, intimidating thing, it wouldn't be the same. He's supposed to seem very silly and undercut by, you know, like, his accent and, uh, you know, I, like, I will say big, chubby body under that armor. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, no. Also, comedy chops in The Nice Guys, right? Yeah, it's oh, I mean, he's great in that, but it's not this. Thing. He's not doing a big, broad comedy thing that's it's hammy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's great yeah. uh okay so it, speaking of russell crowe as zeus you know we get the debut of really the full mythology potential of the mcu right so we have the asgardian gods um who throughout the marvel cinematic universe have mostly been described as like space aliens you know um but now we actually get them like kind of finally agreeing <laughs> and admitting like yeah. oh yeah we're based on norse mythology and uh, which is more fun like which is honestly. way more fun yeah, yeah yeah way more fun i so we get to see a bunch of different gods kind of in this omnipotent city we really only get to see them we don't really interact with anyone except for zeus uh i do wish in a movie with goro the god butcher killing gods that that hadn't been yada yada you know that 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 we'd actually had a gore on the hunt moment of yeah. you know eros or uh you know any of them right like i yeah, i sure. think yeah. that would have been a lot more fun Gore, and Gore's fun when he Gore gets up, real undersold yeah I, I think i think he's because Chris, christian yeah. bale was really Every good scene like, is he was good, really flipping he's good. used a little too little right like and, and i don't I, I mean the shadow creature thing is a little bit of a boring way of uh is that in the book? comics i don't remember that like him just no. sending out like shadow I, creatures if it is it's not it's definitely not used this. It's well, I guess it kind of is actually, but it's not used this much. Yeah, um, I yeah, don't know. That's it, that's an MCU trope, you know. They do it with the deviants. And I know, it's, and it's kind of boring, right? Like it's just like we need something to fill the the screen. You know, we need a, yeah. a bunch of enemies to fight, so we'll have them create kind of anonymous anonymous. They're monsters. the animated series, you know, robot henchmen. Yeah, 
you know like hey we need something you can kill <laughs> like that's that's all it is i mean i agree um, but i can i can like the design especially in the the shadow realms the shadow realm scenes like the the huge spiders that have yeah, full on I, black on the green background that's that looked really good to me i, I agree that on the uh, that sequence was yeah. amazing like incredible visuals but yeah in the the first scene where we see Janice so and she's just like plummeting to like through the evil army yeah they don't look that good but they work well as like the it reminded me of that animation movie what is it i don't i can't remember in what it is in english but with like an australian uh, easter bunny and the mean uh, mean um, <laughs> mean santa claus like with the five uh, i know Gar- five, the guardians you have no idea something. what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, I don't know what, what that movie was called, but like the bad guy in, is in that is the boogeyman, Why and the I, I liked how they played God Butcher as the boogeyman, like taking kidnapping children with his like shadow creatures. That I don't know that that worked well for me. He they kind of played him as like the King in Black from recent comics more than oh, yeah. Gore in in those scenes, which like they're kind of linked. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah the, I mean, the, the I I didn't have any expectation. Enemy. I didn't have any. It was very venomy. All, yeah. Um, which, by the way, if you release Thor: Love and Thunder disconnected from the MCU, and I realize that's an impossibility, I'm pretty sure the conversation is basically venom. Like, I think everybody would be like, "Oh yeah, it's a bit hokey. It's funny at spots. It works better for some than others." Like, it would it be considered in the same terms? Oh, I as venom. I really disagree with that. <laughs> I think venom. Now, works. Dave, you want me to want me to get her now? <laughs> 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 no, I think I was gonna say I think Venom works accidentally, but I, I don't know if Tom Hardy is. I, I think no, Tom it's, Hardy it's the is the main either. reason why Venom works. I think Thor is like succeeds way more intentionally. Like you cannot like stuff in, in it, and you can you cannot like the direction it goes. But I, I think like Thor is an intentional success. Yeah, whereas yeah, Venom they're, is they're not even in the same that. ballpark. Venom's like yeah, a fun accidental camp <laughs> movie. Yeah. <laughs> or, or uh, yeah, Venom is, and Thor I think has jokes that land for the most part, and then those jokes yeah, just fair. undercut the like the comedy of it. I think I, I was... do wish Christian Bell crawled into a, a lobster tank at some point, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then like five minutes later, someone's like, "Are you okay? We're a little worried about you." Acting like <laughs> yep. he didn't, you know, <laughs> acting like he didn't he just do the most insane thing. That honestly, ever like. Christian Bell as a bad guy in a Venom movie. Now I really want to see that. Like that's <laughs> he would be perfect against uh, Venom. I do. Hardy I like, like that they gave Christian Bale way too no. serious and over the top. I like that they gave Christian Bale one scene where he can get like real weird and real Christian Bale-y with the uh, the like when he was in the cage with the, the torture kids scene. Yeah, and the the like. Oh no, I was thinking the, the, the torture of, scene, the insect, uh, the torture scene. Oh yeah, no. when he has like when he has the three main characters in his weird tentacles no i mean he usually just when he can like kind of turn on that like american psycho charm kind of it, yeah, it's like yeah. not charm but he's like smiling and being like happy with the, with kids, the kids while he's like terrifying yeah. them i thought that was a very like a very good performance scene from him and it's a, creepy speaking. very captivating I, I did think that was pretty good yeah, i um, think i think thor love and thunder okay i think if this movie came out in place of ragnarok i think people would be in their pants all over the place like so that, that's the other piece. I, I feel like yeah. this is just yeah, yeah. like i think a lot of it is a product of expectations i think a lot of it is mcu fatigue but i think like in a vacuum this movie works like just just a little less than ragnarok for me um like 20 percent less maybe but like i also think it's just you know the expectations set by that movie <laughs> are so high because yeah I, I think if this movie came out in the middle of phase three or whatever people would be like over the moon about it 
Yeah, I mean it's the the Suicide Squad problem. We, oh, we said basically th- the same thing about James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Is like brought that up. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, I mean it's that if if those movies had come out five years earlier, everyone would be saying oh, this is this is the best superhero movie superhero well, movie in pa- years. Part of it is like that movie has jokes that literally I've just been like I've seen that joke a lot in the last ten years. You know, like with which one, Love and Thunder or the Suicide, Suicide Squad? Squad, where like okay. the the. I guess if people that haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it, but like a big, one of the main team dies right at the end. And it's just like, you know, a moment that, that, that joke of the editing and the like, I finally have self-actualized and then like, they look into the camera and smile and then they get crushed by something falling. I'm just like, I could see it coming like 15 seconds away because it's so obvious. Would have felt a lot less predictable a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally but right. Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder, yeah. uh... I think that's a really actually, it's an interesting comparison to the Suicide Squad because that was my big complaint with the Suicide Squad was that tonal dissonance between the two, like the comedy and the drama between it. Um, And it didn't bother me here. And I was trying to like think why. I think I just think this is funnier. So like, and I'm more on board with like, you know, like Eternity was fun. Like going to see Eternity was like, I loved that. That was a lot of fun. Like. But, you like yeah. this more than the Suicide Squad? Oh, yeah. What you're saying? Oh, yeah. Easy. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, I, I think Charlotte? it works a lot more. But I think a lot of that is just that, like, I think this is a lot more fun and a lot more funny. So, like, it and didn't also... quite bother me as much when the, like, drama was undercut. And I don't think the drama was was undercut as much as in the Suicide Squad. And I also like Thor, Valkyrie, Korg, even Gore better than any character in the Suicide Squad. Besides, like, like I'm more attached to those characters. Yeah. Ratcatcher slander. Oh, okay. I love Ratcatcher. That, that's <laughs> it's just it's just Peacemaker for me. I can't even remember anybody. Else. Like I know Idris Elba is in that, but does he tell a joke? Wow. Oh, King, wow. King well, Shark's all right. Fun. Hang on. Hang on. King Shark's I, I definitely like <laughs> I definitely like Suicide, Suicide Squad more. <laughs> I thought that was a much tighter movie. Um, I do also want to I want to walk back my Venom take. I was workshopping that. It didn't work. <laughs> Both right. <laughs> just want to be clear. I can admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> um, all right. Regarding Thor: Love and Thunder, I did not expect this movie to actually do. The scariness of gore, right? It's like, okay, it's not going to be that movie. It's a comedy. It's directed by Taika Waititi. Um, I can see anyone who is disappointed by that, and I can also see my own shared disappointment with, oh, cool, another really good villain that is one and done. Um, Marvel just, they just, like, I mean, listen, they think they're going to go forever, and they're not villain-centric. They're not a villain-centric universe. They they are not interested in that at all. It's just kind of a bummer <laughs> to see these cool characters and performances just get like, I you know like what like three or four scenes and then just like well that's that we're out of there now. I don't know like it wasn't again like when you're trying to adapt things that are so recent and are so fresh and so good and both Gore and Jane just kind of being like all right speed run through these like it's just I don't know it's just kind of kind of a yeah. bummer I mean, that I it's think- nowhere near as good. I think Go works on that level because he's not a recurring villain. Like I don't think he's come back since his original run in Jason Aaron's Thor. His story and I, and has I an like end, it and like it that. Yes. Yeah, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he got enough. I think the one thing that's missing is, like you said, an actual, like maybe some actual scenes of God butchering that we don't really get except yeah. at the very beginning. I think, I think that's a problem that would have been very easily fixed by actually killing Sif because I don't know why they don't. <laughs> Because she shouts to Jamie Alexander somehow maintaining a role. Is there anything Taika likes more 
than pooping on the Warriors three? Is there <laughs> anything he enjoys like, more? I love that that little like bit of slander. Like, and whoever this guy was, that <laughs> that cracked me up. Absolute, absolute libel. Oh my goodness. Yeah, really, yeah really but I don't, I don't know why. Why don't they just? If he's not gonna do anything with her, and he's not gonna do anything with her in the next movie, like just kill her and give us an actual cool scene of Gore killing Sif. Yeah, I, I do like her sure. in the. In the I, I the, don't think I needed that like, scene. Flashy red costume. I needed him like killing other. I I kind of wanted to see him, you know, like taking down that big, uh, that huge god that's like the mountainsides or something like that, right? Like establish the threat more than just like photographs of dead right. gods. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I guess he he's pretty established. Um, in the scene where he kidnaps the kids, can we talk about the kids I, for a minute? Well, before before well, I guess okay. So in connection, yeah. in connection, uh-huh. I do want to say, very emotional. I got very emotional about Gore and his daughter. Um, not in the beginning, but by the end. Mm. Yeah. That actually hit me, and I, I yeah. think that's definitely to this movie's credit. You know, when you talk, I, I think a lot of the criticism is, oh, they undercut everything. It's just jokes. No, the emotion got me. <laughs> the emotion worked. Um, when I said I, you know, I had no connection to Chris and Jane, that's true. But Christian and his daughter, like, that's that's easy. That one worked. Um, and the, the and Jane that emotion and Chris, I thought was sold. Or the, the Jane and Thor thing, I think, I don't think it's undercut by jokes. I just don't think there's enough, like, track laid for it right like okay, I, just, I just don't especially care yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah. yeah exactly but okay. uh, I, but I, I don't care but also like just thor seeing her come on the battlefield and and knowing she's sacrificing herself like and the look on his face that really got me and him choosing to spend his last moments with her instead of fighting gold that also really mm-hmm. works to me yeah, for yeah. Me. yeah, so, I, yeah I don't works. i don't think the whole relationship necessarily works but what they do with them at the end and the emotion that comes from that really works, at least for me. The, the rom-com stuff with the axe and Mjolnir worked for me much better than oh, the yeah. stuff Perfect. with Thor yeah. and Jane. The, the joke of the axe I mean, keep, like, sidling in from off-screen <laughs> Thor, in, in the way that it kept, like, kind of being like, hey, I'm here too. Like, like, Thor has better chemistry with both his hammers <laughs> than with Jane Foster. With any woman. <laughs> Honestly. Than with anyone. Yeah, with anyone. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that was... That was really funny to me. Also, Zach, what did you want to say about the kids? Oh, yeah, I just just got to point out Mjolnir being like kind of a shotgun. Very cool. Really, uh, really liked that. That was a, a fun little like oh yeah, yeah. action movie uh, idea. Um, so like kids are a big part of this. Uh, it kind of feels like did Taika Waititi just have a kid? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> like, uh, you know, the kids are. You know what? You know what actually is a probably a more relevant piece of that. And I had this experience because I went and saw this movie at one forty-five in the afternoon on a weekday. These movies are for kids. Oh, yeah. A lot of times. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, and uh, that's fine, right? So, so Pixar stuff. Love a lot of Pixar stuff. So we're a bunch of movies. I often forget that because there's a lot of adults <laughs> that talk about these movies a heck of a lot. And obviously we're included in that. Um, but it's like... You just, I don't know, I just have to remind myself, like, these are sometimes very much for kids. It's like, you know, it's kind of like, what if a Pixar movie said shitty a lot? Like, that's... <laughs> I know, yeah, it is. It's not that different. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were, there were a, not a ton of kids, but a number in the audience, you know? And I, I can, <laughs> we could debate whether or not this is a, a movie for them or not. I think a lot of parts aren't. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, it's, it's. It's geared younger. It, it is, just is. It is, and weird that's why that's why you put a bunch of kids in it too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, th- these are they're made for like ten to fourteen year old. I mean, like ten to fourteen is the perfect age for these movies. I think they're like just at least some of them. I think this one. I think this one's trying uh-huh. to hit that like Jurassic Park level of like 
it's scary for a yeah. kid, but like the fun kind of scary <laughs> for a kid. It's just scary. <laughs> it's not scary. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so there's a lot of kid content in this, and uh, in that final scene where Thor powers up a bunch of kids to fight alongside him with Gore. I was just curious yeah. what you thought of that, Dave. I already know what Charlotte thinks, but she can chime in too, obviously. Um, okay, so I was <laughs> I was surprised it was happening as it was happening. I was like, oh, this is weird. You know what I liked about it was it reminded me of. 60s lee kirby thor stuff where he can just do like whatever like he can (laughs) he can just do anything you know where it's like oh i didn't know he could just give the power of thor to 40 people at a time and here it's like oh sure yeah he can do that he's thor um i enjoyed that aspect of it i have to say so like on one hand in the moment the sequence of a bunch of little kids having a ton of fun and battling through november rain solo off of Use Your Illusion 1, Charlotte, 1991, <laughs> um, was pretty joyful, I think, just to watch these kids have fun and get to do their thing. On the other hand, incorporating 45 child soldiers <laughs> to your <laughs> yeah, battle you with the God Butcher, like, actually a weird choice, but I wasn't thinking that at the time. It's a good example. I, I thought this like immediately. I was like, this is a good example of the movie undercutting any stakes with like with something else because like it immediately becomes oh there's no threat here because like what are you, are you gonna kill some kids <laughs> like these kids are fine you're not gonna start slaughtering the like monsters aren't gonna start like chewing on these children so like we're we're just shifting into like this is fun like superhero stuff you know where you kind of have to suspend your dis- disbelief but i thought it was like fun and I, sweet i don't know and that cute. we shifted into that so much as that's what the entire movie was. yeah 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 it's a good point i mean even the like the scene that I think had the most menace, which is Gore holding the three of them captive, the three main characters. Uh-huh. It kind of just ends like Thor calls the hammer and then they're just free. And it's like, all right, now we can fight again. And I was like, oh, okay. That's how they got out of it. Like, I really felt the tension of like, how will they escape this? <laughs> and then there was very like, they just did. It just happened. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that was that was what he wanted, I guess, was the the idea in that sequence. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, the, the kids involvement is, you know, it's intentionally skewing towards younger audiences yeah, which is but, but like which fun is fine I, that is an expectation cute. i have of yeah. these movies at times at times you yeah. know and then it's easy to forget um you know same with like miss marvel on disney like i'm i'm watching that and i'm yeah. recognizing that like i'm probably i'm i'm having the joy that i imagine a 12 year old might be having yeah well because uh, i mean in miss marvel's case, different because they're dumb 12 year olds don't get what a good movie <laughs> is or a good tv show so 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 here's the thing about your miss marvel slander uh-huh you're wrong. (laughs) You're super wrong. First of all, but also it's so weird to me that you can be like, Oh, I turned my brain off. Enjoyed Thor, love and thunder. But then with Miss Marvel, you're like, you're like the total opposite. One, it's six hours long. Like, Oh, it's it's no good. And Miss Marvel works really less than Marvel. This doesn't work on like a functional, like where they point the camera. The performances just are like, Oh my gosh. Thor, love and thunder is not, some masterpiece no, but of cinema. it works fine. like my goodness it is a lazy movie i think in a lot of ways um no it's not doing a lot very, of interesting here's i like miss marvel almost as much as i i like miss marvel probably more if i'm gonna rank them right now i've watched i've only watched three episodes of miss marvel um the clandestine stuff was super dumb but i like that <laughs> i like that uh episode fine uh i need to finish it but right now Right now, I would rank Miss Marvel ahead of Thor Love Wild. Well, I'm right. barely like, got it, gotta I, say I'm it. only finishing it because we're gonna talk about it on the show. I'm like I'm yeah. forgetting it's yeah, coming out I, week to week now. Like it's rough. I mean it, it's purely just like 
it, it's just how it's put together. It just feels like it's put together with no care whatsoever. You know, like they just no, it's put together for kids. No, I think I think they audiences. like don't know how to edit it. They don't know how to shoot it. They don't know how to direct the actors. There's only like oh, two. Good actors. You could say you could you could be saying all these same things about Thor: Love and Thunder because I've seen critics true. doing that. I don't that. think Thor: Love and Thunder has an editing problem. I know, but or I'm a saying you problem. could say the same things. Zach, they forgot to put the color on for like ten minutes. Of the movie. <laughs> That's how little they care. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I back will, to back to Love and Thunder. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Charlotte. I want to know the number one Cassie Lang's haters' oh, uh, thoughts oh, yeah, on the actress who plays. Yes, on the actress who plays when that little girl dies. Oh no! Yeah. Is this is this our child actor segment? Yes, when that little when okay. yeah. Thor's daughter dies at the very opening, I leaned over to Rose and said, "Why couldn't that be Cassie Lang?" <laughs> 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 but I okay. So here, here where, where I'm gonna be the the a hole on this one. I think the actress who plays Gore's daughter is like just doesn't act in the beginning <laughs> in the first scene where, she, where where she's with with her father with her father she just doesn't act and was like wh- where did they find her cuz like I mean she's a child I'm not going <laughs> to be mean to her but like no, you she, should. she she just doesn't act at all but then she's funny in the last scene and I, so I was wondering like where if they if she'd been any That's other thing like if she was a child because she all right, all right. I, don't so I, I have thoughts here wait, I have thoughts wait, wait, wait. one what do you in mean? the beginning she doesn't have a, in the a beginning she, she, she's dying she's dying How, no, who I, can bother to act while they're dying Come on, that's what, a high wait, expectation. Wait, mean, Second thing, acting. did you know that's Chris Hemsworth's actual daughter? Is that who it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I read that. Yeah, it is. That's, okay. what, that's what I just said. Wait, so <laughs> yeah, okay. But wait, what do you mean didn't act? I don't get it. Because like there wasn't acting to be done. She just kind of like followed Christian Bale through the desert and then closed her eyes. Was yeah, that, there, there right. are a few scenes. I mean, there are a few moments before that where like there. Not interacting, but before she dies, where, where you see her with her father, and she j- she just has the same blank look on with her face, with like an almost Jim from the Office smile. <laughs> Honestly, I don't <laughs> I know. Didn't, maybe I'm nice crazy, but <laughs> um, it'd be great if she turned to the camera. It's, uh, it's Chris Hemsworth's yeah. daughter, not Taika Waititi's. Yeah, yeah, no one said it was Taika Waititi's. Oh, really? Daughter. I heard. I thought I heard you, Dave. You are obsessed with Taika's children. <laughs> oh, uh, his gosh, children are in the movie, alone. but they're just like random Mars guardians. Are they? Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought Steph Curry might be in the movie. Yeah. Because at the end of it, yeah, it yeah. said there's a Stephen Curry. Yeah. It's, but uh, it's I guess King. the king of the NBA is not also no, it is. the king of the gods. It's, it's him. It's, it's the same guy? No, it's it not. is? No, no, no. It's, Stop it. <laughs> it's not. It's Stop Stephen it. Curry. It's, uh, I assumed it was it's, not. It's an actor who played the um, the god in the opening scene with Gord the God Butcher. Okay. Which I, I do like. I actually really like that commentary, you know, which is pretty muffled in this um and it's played like like christian bale's playing it like really well but then that god is like you know all the gods are real hammy right like that is every god that actually speaks is super hammy here but uh but i like that commentary around like wait who are we worshiping and why are we doing that um this movie doesn't want to own it and doesn't want to lean into it in the ways that i think it can be actually effective and speak to people i want them but there are moments in omnipotent city like the christian god you know, and I want. Well, that's to, like, but that's where the commentary drives. Like, re- like realistically, that's oh, where the that's commentary what you're drives. I was a is joke. like, <laughs> I, I was no, like, no, I but I, I think when they're t- actually talking about religion, religion and they're actually talking about you know Zeus and like what the worth of these things are, it starts to move in that direction mm. a little bit. Yeah, I guess I didn't, mildly poignant ways. I didn't see that at all, but that's because the movie's not really like talking about much of anything. Yeah, unlike Miss Marvel, which has a lot to say. It does not. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
what else what else did you all love about Thor Love and Thunder? What else do you want to uh, celebrate? I don't know. I don't I don't think there's I I mean he, here's the thing. I mean, I'm I had a very good time in the theater with this and I just put it on my MCU ranking on Letterboxd. Uh and it is 16 out of 29 movies there. So it's so, like smack dab in the middle. So for talking about it as high as you are, like I guess that's kind of that's not totally dissimilar for where I'm going to have it. Yeah. And when I when you have it in the fairly average tier it just means there aren't a lot of movies that it's better than so i have you know? it better than it's kinda... the avengers and iron man how's that sit with you <laughs> crazy i agree with that honestly so like <laughs> like if i was gonna watch one of these again so you're just not you're just not valuing sort of legacy no. and what it means uh-uh. for the for the mcu no, at all not yeah. at all uh-uh. yeah i mean i I'm purely, just, purely just, as a movie just purely on like what would i rather watch that's, I that's something i wanted to ask you guys because with like the MCU is now what 20 29 14 years old oh, something tw- like that like 29 old. movies and and i don't know eight tv shows something like that by now yeah. um and it's increasingly when you have like four movies apart on 10 years like with the thor movies and the the first movie is so different in tone in in like the way the character be- characters behave especially like thor yeah. than what is going on in love and thunder it's to me, it's starting to feel a bit. I mean, it's starting to feel very much like comics, where two two different runs, ten years apart on the same character, can have a completely different feeling, even if they're in the same timeline, timeline and canon, and uh-huh. that's fine. Uh-huh. Um, and to me, like to me, that's something I think is fine too with the movies. But I've lo- I've seen a lot of people criticize it on that level, that it's it's so different from the first Thor and even Thor two then it doesn't feel like it's the same universe and the same characters. To me, that's fine because there <laughs> is a new take on the same character, but a lot of people seem to hate that. I don't in any way understand that criticism. I yeah. don't in any way understand the expectation that a decade down the line with a with a new creative team on the book that it's going to read the same as it did with Kenneth Branagh. In the in the beloved <laughs> Thor one and the Dark World, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what are we? What? Why? Why would you want that? Why would you want that? The movie needed a kick in the or the the series needed a kick in the pants. It got it, and it got it by feeling different and fresh. Yeah, <laughs> like going back. I mean, yes, there's a tonal jump. That was the thing that people liked about Ragnarok, um, and it's it's going to be celebrated. I have no problem with them leaning into it here, even if it didn't always work for me in the same ways. Uh, but that is a weird <laughs> desire, I think. I guess, I guess that would just be working, from someone who's right? like, like, I didn't like <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder, and I wish, I wish instead we could get back to the glory days of the dark <laughs> of world. the original <laughs> Thor. I mean, I know there is an audience that is like, I wish Thor was taken seriously, right? Like, yeah, I, I wish mean, he wasn't a joke. I know there's an audience like that. I'm just not yeah. among them. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, like shifted again. Like, I'd be into you know shifting yeah. back into kind of a. A slightly more serious, you know, Shakespearean style, uh, you know, done well. <laughs> that that's a big caveat. You need a you need a new you need a new leader certainly if we're going to do that. Uh, that's not going to happen. No, yeah. With this with this creative roster, I do not believe. Uh, we're yeah. That's I yeah. I've got no time for that. No time. You for know that what I sense. I want. <laughs> part part of like the the thing about like talking about different tones in the MCU that like makes me depressed is the you know people who start talking about like you know what i want is like we should just have movies focusing on like non-superheroes that are like slice of life but it's you know like outside just civilians like Like astro city uh i haven't read astro city so 
um, or whatever. It's just people talking about like I mean, Marvels. all these like specific <laughs> Marvels, genres yes. that they want to see aped in the um, the MCU. But like, I feel like that had died down a little because I, because I'd it's see. gotten like the MCU's gotten like, hey, we do comic book movies. <laughs> like, yeah. like we're gonna own that, you know. Yeah. I, well, there's, I feel like there's something of like I want to see like secret. you know Peter Bogdanovich is the last picture show, but you know like as an MCU film, <laughs> could, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what what right. if they did something like that? Like a, a, where is the Magnolia of the MCU, Zach? That's right. Exactly. And part of me is like just, just go watch Magnolia. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just go like I just want them to start doing like a, a Bollywood musical, like a full Bollywood musical. I'm like, well, there's a lot of really good Bollywood musicals out there. Just go, just go. Really watch good them. dance sequence in Miss Marvel. Speaking just of which, sorry, it. just pause here for a moment. Um, completely divert us. Have either of you seen RRR yet? I've just seen clips. No, I haven't actually watched it. I should. You got to sit down and watch it. It's it's yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's great. Like it, it's three hours. It flies by. It like does not feel like three hours. It is the most like fun summer blockbuster like invigorating action blockbuster i've seen in a really long time uh yeah i i thought that, it'd be a little resistant to it but it's incredible it's so much fun that and uh everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. is that the name yeah, i haven't seen um, i haven't seen those are yeah. those are incredibly am, high on my to watch list yeah, i'm so mad Netflix, that so. everything everywhere all at once still hasn't come out in france i think it's coming out in late august and i have to wait a month and a half before I can see it, and I really want to see yeah, it. Strange. It's uh, it's just getting released like on disc here this week, I think. Yeah. But RR is on uh, is on Netflix, Dave. At least in the US right now. Um, I've got no excuse then. It's really I've good. We no sat down excuse. to watch it like too late at night. It was like eight thirty or something, and then I was like, Oh For my a god, three hour is... movie? Well, I didn't good know it was three hours up. when we <laughs> when we started it. I had no idea it was a really long movie. And I was like, let's just watch this. I've been hearing a lot of good buzz. And then we saw it was three hours. And I was like, well, we'll watch half of it. And then we'll come back to it the next night. And then we just stayed up way past our bedtime because we were like really <laughs> into it. And there was no way we were going to stop it. It's so much fun. Um, It also has an intermission built in halfway through. So you can always, there's a very natural, like an actual stopping point in the middle of it. So everyone God, should go watch more intermissions. It's it, it, it will make it, it will make every MCU movie look pathetic in comparison about how unoriginal and how uh, unenergetic and unfresh these movies are because that movie feels gosh so that was three uns yeah he triple und them triple und them after ah uh, ah uh, welcome to un 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 anyway I just want to see RR in the MCU is my point oh uh, I want to point out I want to, <laughs> I want to bring out a really good Miss Marvel joke. Um, that I like that was like yeah, a little okay, sure. uh, MCU in inside joke, I guess, is the uh, the thing about when Miss Marvel, it's like episode two, I think, was talking to that boy about uh, Bollywood movies and they were talking uh-huh. about uh, Kingo <laughs> and how like she's like way into Kingo and then like how her mom yeah, is into Kingo Sr. and stuff, how it's just talking about the Eternal uh, played by yeah. Mondo and Gianni. I didn't get that joke initially. Like, I missed that they were making that joke and then it was pointed out and I was like, that's yeah. very funny. Uh, talking about how, like, their mom and grandma were also into it also. <laughs> into like. So speaking of... Sorry, you're, no, you're totally no, right. Done. I love I'm that done. joke. Yeah. Speaking of Eternals, okay? That was the the previous Phase 4 movie that got... that The, the critics who... <laughs> there's a certain batch of you know critical analysis where you are can just talking, tell wait, I just, just been to, like to parse this are you talking like critics or are you talking about people on twitter just to clarify <laughs> no no i'm talking about actual paid to write went to journalism school okay. critics show me okay their 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that that they were clearly some of them were clearly eager to just be like, oh, finally, an MCU movie's bad. I can lay into it, right? Like mm-hmm. Eternals had that vibe, yeah. and I think Thor, like we're seeing that a little bit with Love and Thunder. You know, a little bit where they're sort of like, a, oh, people are saying this is really bad. All right, let me lay into it, baby. Um, Eternals had that in spades. Zach, we reviewed it at the time. Charlotte, I don't think you were with us at that point. Um, but it, we were basically like, it's fine. Like, what are they talking about? Like, it's it's not great. I think no, it's mess, I, did, I didn't it's like not. it that much. I didn't think it was fine. I think it's kind of a... Oh, really? I think it's... I thought, I thought you were yeah. more in the, like, that's overstated. No, I was there, and I was the one who thought it was fine. <laughs> oh, <okay>. wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Charlotte, do you want me to get rid of him? <laughs> <laughs> Zach is yeah. clearly eager to assassinate one. Yeah, of you really want to. I've to got try two your, guns your pointed at my two windows: one towards uh, Little France and one towards Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Look out if he's on the way. Um, okay, where do you think? Where do both you think this stands? Uh, so I'm, I guess, I guess I know the answer then. So you both think this is way better than Eternals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, by by a mile, yeah, like much better. To me, Eternals is is fine, but like very forgettable MCU movie, like very middle of the road. I think where you land on Love and Thunder, and I mean, honestly, for me, Love and Thunder is, I, I need to do the actual spreadsheet, I guess, but I think Love and Thunder is easily top 10 MCU movie for me. Wow. Dang. Yeah, that's pretty high. You love this. I'm glad, I just I'm think, glad like, you dug this Love so and much, Thunder yeah. is fun to watch. <laughs> like, I laughed. I had a fun time watching yeah. him fight cool creatures. We got to see Eternal in a really cool, like, I mean, it, just in that kind of pure Marvel fan, like getting to see a cosmic entity. Oh, Eternity, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. What did I say? Eternal. <laughs> well, he, he said Eternal. He did yeah. it. Yeah, Eternity. He wasn't talking or moving around. No, I don't so, care. Like, he looked cool. B minus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I've I've seen that too, and I'm like, I don't know. What is he? Doing? He usually doesn't have anything interesting to say anyway. Um, I mean, yeah. Oh. I, I've seen people complaining that why, well, why didn't the Avengers go to Eternity to wish uh, that Thanos stuff wasn't done? Oh like, my god. Just because they hadn't written this nerds. movie yet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but even then, like, yeah, because they didn't know. Like, even Thor didn't know. Who, who cares? Like, that, that's fine. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, th- I think this is significantly better. I, I think that movie doesn't work. I think this movie is a mixed success. Um, like, Eternal yeah. has a, Eternals yeah, yeah. have a few things that work for me. I like a couple of the performances. There's a few characters that are interesting. And besides that, I don't think it particularly works. I, I got to watch even it just again. Like, I, I watched it. At a, so I've actually yeah. got it. I've got Love and Thunder. It's going to go for me right above Eternals mm-hmm. and below Iron Man 3, which I know, Zach, you still love. What but I, I have I have it in my perfectly average chair. I have Guardians 2, Black Widow, Iron Man 3, or 19, 20, and 21. I would put Thor, Love, and Thunder right after all those. And then okay. it would be right ahead of Eternals, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers 2. Yeah, sure. Um, but, it, but it's like those are movies that I entirely enjoyed in the moment and would probably with the exception of guardians 2 never rewatch under unless under direct. you gotta watch iron man 3 um, again you son of a uh, no i did and that was the problem that's why i don't like it uh, watch I it really again and again until i loved it in theaters <laughs> and then i watched it again and it went way down um which is just never never watch anything again is really the lesson there uh okay so <laughs> thor love and thunder we got two i guess i'll let you let you both rank it now i would give it um let's see i would give it 3.6 Tessa kissing a Greek goddess's hands out of 6.1. Okay, I was going to say, because if, if you're giving out a 5, which is the normal scale, 
that is decipherable by people. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, I rated it actually lower than you. <laughs> Which, wouldn't that be, that's the perfect My Marvelous Year, is the entire show is me arguing that it's slightly better than you think, Dave, and then you actually rate it higher than I do. <laughs> that is that is exactly the um, show, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's three out of five Hessa Thompson kissing a goddess's hands for me. Straight up three out of five. Yep. It's I'm just two and a half three warriors out of three warriors. One yeah. of them yeah, has been getting half by three Hela. warriors. Those yeah. poor, poor three warriors. Absolutely. It, which it reminds me, I didn't criticize this. Way too much Korg exposition. Way too oh, much no, Korg it's exposition. Perfect. It's, it's perfect. Ah, oh, the MCU is usually very good about not holding your hand with like long stretches of exposition. Too much. Just, too much Korg. No, I love Korg. No, no. I loved Cork. I have a Cork shirt. That was too much. Mm. No one, you will. I think get no allies. I think he's perfect as the as the like bard telling the tale of Thor's adventures to to Thor's hero or like Conan like uh, hero. That's I think that's a that works very well, and I, I really like Cork uh, as the narrator and the guy who does the the backstories and the the end uh, the final monologue. Yes. Yeah. I would have liked it about tales I had not seen. That would have been fine. Want to do some legends that we did not yeah. actually watch. Speaking of uh, a sort of things we didn't see in connections, it is, it's a thing the MCU does a ton, but like, so the end of Endgame, we set up, oh yeah, Thor's with the Guardians. <laughs> Nothing to do with this movie, <laughs> right? Like, it just kind of sneaks them into mostly the trailers and then a little sequence at the beginning, but like, there was no purpose there, really, to having him with the Guardians. I mean, that, I don't know, that, that stuff's that, always kind of weird. This is not a defense because I don't think it's defendable really but that is like the mcu way right like civil war and totally and then it's like oh man the avengers shattered friends torn apart and then it's like oh okay when tony and captain america meet they'll have like some strong words for each other for five seconds and then they're back together um yeah you know so yeah they uh they, tis the way yeah tis the I, way. I had fun like i i was fine with it because i also like we got a couple minutes to see in the guardians they made some good jokes i liked mantis Mantis being on board with killing the goats immediately really <laughs> cracked me up the way that like I think because I think it was Nebula who was like pulled out a gun and then Mantis started like growling and like pulled out a gun as well um that really cracked me up let's talk about post credits baby there's only one good one or- he's here he's there he's every fucking way Roy Kent gotcha at the end gotcha at the end with the Editor. market baby yeah, so put that out the uh <laughs> I've been talking for like a month. I don't remember what we watched a Channing Tatum thing, Rose and I, and I was like, man, he would be such Magic a good Mike. Hercules. He, he's so funny. He's, he looks the part. Um, I think he'd be a better Gambit. He's perfect for Gambit. <laughs> we talking about Channing? We talking about Channing? Channing Tatum as Gambit is really funny that he wants that so bad. Um, it, yeah. was, it was very, very funny if he... It, come on, we got the multiverse now. We can't get a Channing Gambit in here somewhere? Yeah, it's gotta so the, uh, the Channing Tatum is, is Hercules has been something in my head. So I, I just... I was like waiting and I was like, oh my God, wouldn't that be incredible if they actually... Like uh, the John Krasinski Fantastic Four. That's my... You know, I think you're right. I I think you're right on this one. Uh, you know what though? I so we get to actually see who they cast as Hercules. We get a glimpse at the end of Hercules being like, you know, Zeus sending him out to punish humans for their hubris or whatever. And it's Brett Goldstein, best known as Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. I think really good casting. I think very good casting, and kind of yeah. made me think that Channing Tatum actually is not great casting because he would do a very similar thing to what Thor is doing. Uh, Chris Hemsworth does as Thor, which is kind of like a big, dumb, lovable idiot. 
because uh, that's what he does funny, like his comedy chops. And Brett Goldstein is not that <laughs> at all. And I can see, I think Brett Goldstein will be a pretty good straight man to like Thor's, um, you know, idiocy. Uh, I think Channing yeah. as Hercules would also have the downside of feeling like Melissa McCarthy popping out as Hela, where it would be more of a stunt cast. Oh, look at them. I know them cameo yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, um, stunt which cast, would be, yeah. you know, not not. The oh, I, I mean, although if, Melissa McCarthy was funny, I was like, that was super that, funny. That scene, oh, that was that enjoyable. Scene was actually really like dragging for me. And I was like, you're just doing this again, but not as funny. And then she came out and I was like, OK, well, at least we got this. Yeah. And I, <laughs> if she I hadn't been there. I, I would have not wanted that. Yeah. Go ahead. The funnier, the funniest part of that scene was after the scene when the the two like drama guys come to, to when Asgard is in its worst moment after the the children have been kidnapped. And like we 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 need to turn this into a play. That's that's the most urgent matter right I, it's now. It's very that, funny that Matt Damon for me. is just you know tanking any chance of actually being in one of these movies and making yeah. <laughs> you know like a ten million dollar paycheck just for these dumb little yeah. cameos. It's really funny. Um, but anyway, Brett Goldstein is all this all this crypto tank, right. Zach. <laughs> all, <laughs> yeah, right. All this crypto oh, yeah. went straight yeah, in the yeah, toilet. Exactly. He needs the cash. Uh, okay, what I want to say about Hercules: if my wife and I had not actively been watching Ted Lasso <laughs> over right. the last yes. month, yeah, yeah. I would not have had any reaction to this at all, other than like, ah, oh, okay, whatever. I guess yeah, Hercules I think is coming. That's what Charlotte said. The the actual tease is fun. I think the the scene itself is very boring. And it's in the exact same way that the post-credit scenes with Clea in Doctor Strange was very boring. Mm. Same thing with Eternals with Star Fox. And I, oh, I, I disagree don't with like... the I disagree with the Eternals one. That one I disagree wild. with Eternals. And I I mean the thing with the Doctor Strange is that like Charlize Theron as Clea is not that exciting to me. <laughs> as much as I like her sometimes, yeah. I'm not like yeah, yeah. oh yes, Charlize Theron in this role. That's perfect, you know. Versus the Eternals, yeah. where I'm like Patton Oswalt and Harry Styles in an a role that I didn't see coming. That's really interesting. Like you know, I had the same a- reaction, but uh, but having read now Jed McKay's Strange, which is coming out right now, which is a Clea as the Sorcerer Supreme title, I'm actually more into the idea of Charlie Theron as Clea than I ever was before. Yeah. Also, that book's really good. BT Dubs. Cool. Go ahead, Charlie. I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> you were gonna say you didn't like the scene, and you. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> like that. Reminded you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think post-credit scenes for Marvel movies used to be cleverer about teasing future stuff. And like now in three movies in a row, it's been just new casting and that's it. Is that true though? I'm trying to remember, like I'm just remembering, you know, Guardians ending with Thanos going like, fine, I'll do it myself. And it's just like, yeah, Thanos is coming. That was a big deal. Yeah, Yeah, but you know, it's just more like, Here's a character. I mean, Avengers two ended with. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, I maybe I was I just used to be more excited about <laughs> MCU movies. But I don't know. <laughs> I like, used to be I, young. I'm thinking about the the <laughs> end of uh, like the post credits to Civil War. I think with uh, like it it ends something with Bucky going on ice and like being in Wakanda and like it teases Wakanda. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's yeah. that's more exciting to me than just new bit of casting. I mean. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I guess. Uh, I don't know how true it is, but it, it did feel, I think, in the early stages, more like it was setting up the big picture as opposed to yeah, maybe character introductions wings. for yeah. the next movie of yeah. that series, yeah. which is what, you know, Eternals, Doctor Strange, and, and this do. Because um, that's, I mean, that's the thing, too, about Thor, Love, and Thunder as a movie. I mean, this contributes nothing to... Where are we going? <laughs> what what is Phase Four? I mean, I've seen some criticism. But that's fine to me. That Phase honestly. Four feels very lost. 
No, I know, and and, and I think it's a because because the the opposite is if this movie was all about where it's going, or then the camp that doesn't like that would complain about that, right? So it's yeah, you, you know, make a movie, make a good movie, try and and have it be its own thing. That's fine, but I do think there's a general sense of aimlessness to Phase Four, um, of Endgame hangover that the MCU has not course corrected yet, and it's kind of hard to imagine, frankly, when they it's going to be. I mean, it's not going to be this year. Mm-mm. That they I mean, <laughs> kind of get out of that hangover phase. Honestly, I think it's gonna be two weeks from now at uh, San Diego Comic Con <laughs> <laughs> when they announce what's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, honestly, they... I think they're gonna announce the next three years and say like, "This is the bad guy, the bad guy for Fantastic Four, and the next like big crossover." Or yeah, something. they. I mean, I know. They, I think it's gonna be something like that. They need something like building. You know, it. It does feel like yeah. it, it feels like we're all conject conjecturing. Is that a word? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're all conjecturing. Uh, about the teams that they're building, which is really like, you know, kind of the, the thing that Avengers was doing. It was just like getting these heroes together and then like winking at Thanos. But then Thanos really didn't do much until he was just there um, in yeah. Infinity Infinity War. But like, it does kind of feel like, I guess we're getting Thunderbolts and we're going to, maybe they're going to do a young Avengers. Maybe they're doing a new Avengers. Like, but the, the actual products. None of these things are core of the universe. Yeah. and that, Well, but also none of the actual products are pointing towards it right like nothing there is actually saying like oh we should start a team right you know like we don't have any hints about this stuff but you know the, i mean we have uh, the, did you the get Contessa. a did you get a copy of the script mm, what do you mean oh it just sounded like you were reading from the script there like hmm we should start a team oh like, i wonder if somebody wrote that down. <laughs> uh, wait, wait no, i think that, that, that actually reminds me of the, the venom 2 teaser of just like i don't know but sounds like a good idea to fight Spider-Man. <laughs> That's actually about the, the level of writing there. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't... The Once again, what was what was I going to say? Um, yeah. No, There's no core, Charlotte. Yeah, the, no I mean, core. the lack of, like, overall direction does not bother me. Like, I, I like but that I stuff. I think there is some stuff. Like, together, the Contessa but... is clearly building the Thunderbolts. Um, we have enough kids' character to de- definitely de- do a Young Avengers. And yeah, these I don't, are all I don't just know. like you know, what can the next TV show be? Type stuff. Like these aren't these aren't setting the stage for like where's everyone going? Why does it matter? How are we getting to Secret Wars? <laughs> well, it, ma- it doesn't matter. That's the point. Like it only matters. In no, his... it does though. This is the MCU's foundation is m- cinematic continuity. Like that is the building block of what made Endgame so special. Yeah, but like I and see, people expect yeah. that now. Yeah, that's true. You know? But we're still getting that with like. Doctor Strange just being an enormous part of Spider-Man No Way Home, right? Like, and we're getting that with uh, Yelena being introduced in Black Widow and then showing up in Hawkeye, right? Like, you're still getting that with just, like, characters are in and out of each other's movies. There's just not, like, the big threat pulling them all together. I I don't know. I, I, I love that stuff. Like, I'm a huge fan of the idea that they've built this up enough that they can just have, like, Hulk is in a Thor movie. And it's just, like, a Hulk and Thor movie together, right? Like... That stuff is super totally. fun to me. I, less, I will less interested in not less interested, but not less like um, that. I need some yeah. kind of big plan like further down the line. I just, I just like having the universe built so that we can mix and match our toys. I will agree on the like missing Avengers piece of the puzzle because most characters, or at least the movies, seem to act as if there are still Avengers. But we we don't see any Avengers team. Yeah, that's which is that's like weird. creates it's a weird dissonance. They mentioned that. Yeah, um, yeah, and I I don't know what they're going to do with that. Yeah. I mean, they're they're I going to. I feel like to they eventually. have to answer that by Thunderbolts because yeah. Thunderbolts 
depends on whether there is an Avengers team or not. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know what they're doing with that. But overall, I think, at least to me, I am fine with not having a one central big picture. I think for now, it's like three medium picture uh, things like the multiverse in Loki, the constraints, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and the street level Thunderbolt stuff uh, with the characters from Shang-Chi and Captain America stuff and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I'm always curious to see what they're going to do. And, you know, like if they're going to push in an Avengers direction or an X, I mean, clearly X-Men is going to have to be huge for them. And I'm sure they're like frantically planning like this or like not frantically. I think they're probably very slowly and carefully planning uh, what how they're going to unveil mutants, because I think they'll probably want mutants to be the next 10 years of the MCU, right? Is like 10 years of like building up mutants and so that they can do stuff like X-Factor and new mutants and like have that all matter and be just as big and introduce a wide audience to characters like that the same way that everyone knows the guardians now so yeah i mean i'm curious curious to see but i'm also just kind of fine watching these movies one at a time yeah um like i I, I love the the point that you made about ragnarok being fun and just hey let's just have a thor and hulk movie i agree completely but i think what that had going for it is you know avengers infinity wars the next year so I think I think you need both pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do sure. the solo yeah. outings and whatnot, but we need to know well what is the event building block that is that is around this, yeah. and then I think it all functions it, like we expect it to. Part of me feels like that's going to be Fantastic Four. Like I think the Fantastic Four movies will take the place of the Avengers movies in being the, like the centerpiece, maybe for like the next few years. That'd be interesting. I feel like that's 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 the way we you get Doctor Doom, which will probably be a big part of the the centerpiece of the MCU, and it feels like they're right now the more more focused on Fantastic Four than X Men. I feel like Fantastic Four might be the, the I next, hope they uh, never do Doctor Central Doom. piece. I yeah, that guy stinks. <laughs> All right, record it. We're done. I need <laughs> yeah, to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying can to you, kill Zach, it. Zach, can you please take minutes. out Zach for us? <laughs> <laughs> it's already it's already been ordered. <laughs> we're we're doing like a a Reservoir Dogs. Uh, every each of us has two guns pointed in the directions up into the sky. <laughs> Just Mexican standoff, yeah. Wait, I, I just have to point out that the next MCU movie is in uh, four months. It's Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which uh-huh. again, I am, I'm very nervous about this movie, and I will be, I will be delightfully surprised and a little shocked if you walk out of this movie and think, "Wow, that really worked." I can't believe they pulled that off, uh, just because of the like, you know, because of Boseman's death, the way that they have to like work around that. And I feel like everyone's yeah. just kind of expecting to feel bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, to leave that and just <laughs> how they're gonna badly. how they're gonna thread the needle of like working that out in a way that feels respectful, but also passing the mantle in a way that is you know not gonna <laughs> annoy people. Yeah. But also, the movie has Riri Williams, Ironheart, and Namor in it. <laughs> so like, yeah. what is <laughs> yeah. this movie yeah. gonna be? I am incredibly curious. Um, yeah, generally half of me is what, what is this going to be? This is going to feel really weird, and ha- oh, the other half of me is. Namor, Namor, Namor. I know, I'm very excited that Namor is finally going to be in the <laughs> yeah. have, they, have they cast that individual yeah, yet? And if so... Yeah, he's from oh, he's from a TV show and I can't remember which one. Does he need a quad double? Yep. If he needs a quad double, I've, I should submit my record. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, I don't know. Let me see. He's, he was in Narcos, Mexico. Yeah, Mozart that's it. The, or he's in a show called okay. Blue Demon for a while. Yeah, he's it's like... Um, that's a DC character. Yeah, is it? Really? Uh, yeah, Me- Mexican actor. I'm gonna type in his name and then type in thighs real quick. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to end this recording. Oh, <laughs> we're about to lose Zach. They are normal man thighs, unfortunately. But uh, you know, this, this might have been a while ago. He might have. 
Boo. That's true. They do have good training programs. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's wrap this puppy. Uh, any Anything else we need to get off her? Uh, any final, final predictions, rankings, anything? No. No, no. I'm, uh, no. I mean, I'm excited about the, like, where Thor goes next. Although I, I am expecting that five will probably be the last one. Like, Well, I don't know. I, I thought think, like, Thor was going to... I mean, he's the first character to have four solo movies. Um, you know. He's a, he's a mean, regular franchise machine at this point. Yeah, but I, yeah. I also feel like... Taika Waititi is going to have like his Thor trilogy from, which is weird, from three to five, and then either they send it in a in a completely new direction or it's the last. Like I don't see Taika Waititi continuing to do. Uh, take, I bet, uh, to, I bet to, he doesn't do the next for one. The next twenty years. You, I, think I bet he, he does uh, not I don't do know. Waititi. I think it's. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he might want to just, yeah, we'll just might want that trilogy. You know, get like the Taika Waititi yeah. trilogy of Thor movies, but. Um, yeah, it's it's making money. You know, I don't think it's making the most money. It didn't make as much it, opening weekend. It's not making quite as much as Doctor Strange, and definitely not as much as Spider Man. But it's like solidly in the middle of the MCU, which is to say, still quite a bit of money. <laughs> so yep. Yeah. These movies uh, will not fail. Kind of incredible. Um, and then She Hulk. She Hulk comes out next month. I'm pretty. I'm a little Ooh. hesitantly Ooh, excited. I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm a little I'm nervous. nervous too. But like trailers have been good. She looks good in the trailers. Like She Hulk herself looks fun and like the actual character looks like the cgi'd version of she-hulk looks good um so that part at least does it i've been seeing i've been seeing it heavily stated the other way (laughs) people are out of their mind people are weird little like it's arm armchair quarterback kind of with the cgi stuff but it looks fine like everybody everybody is an expert on cgi somehow i've never understood that like i don't i have no opinions on cgi because i don't make movies and i have no idea what goes into uh, it but then like 99 percent of like film criticism from armchair you know twitterers is i didn't like cgi it's so weird to me yeah i mean unless it like is actually just like follow the story dra- like, yeah follow the story. yeah once you start watching the movie <laughs> you know you don't like, even i mean it's the cares? same way people are like they're, so, they're just gonna put a cgi raccoon in the middle of the movie and then you start watching it and you forget that it's even cgi because he's so well integrated I sus- i'm starting to suspect bradley cooper cannot turn into a raccoon i'm i'm starting <laughs> to suspect he can't do you it. know after all this time i still don't hear his voice like I still can't. Same. I still don't link Rocket to Bradley Cooper, and I've seen Bradley Cooper in a million things, and I just like I don't hear How? him in it. It's so, and I can't hear Vin Diesel as Groot. Definitely not. Like I, that, I can see more. I how cool would it be? How cool would it be if in like ten years they were like, yeah, this is a guy named Bradley Cooper, but it's not the <laughs> it's actor not Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> it's a you different all just Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Gosh, that would be a good prank. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's how that. That's how that works. Um, Corridor Crew right, you is heard a, a YouTube channel I watch that like breaks down. They're like visual artists and they break down different CGI things. Uh, sure. They have a episode every Saturday they put out. And last week's they talked about She-Hulk and they actually kind of talked about like the blowback to She-Hulk and they broke down like the trailers. Um, it was interesting. So if you're curious about that, Corridor Crew, they're good. That sounds good. Yeah, good, there, good. Rose and I watch uh, their episode every Saturday about they they talk about they kind of alternate between like talking about visual effects, talking about stunt work and talking about animation. Um Cool. And uh they're a little cool. they're actually ironically, they're a little MCU and Star Wars heavy for my taste, like they go to those wells a little too often, but um sometimes they go way outside that and talk about such as such as the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As we know it. All right, thanks everybody for listening. This has been our Thor Love and Thunder review. We'll be back with 1998 Part 1. You can find all the comics we're going to read for that in the show notes. You can find us on social at My Marvelous Year. You can find music for the show via 
disaster piece. And you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash year or rating and reviewing on iTunes. Both help us out tremendously. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next year. See you, see you next, next year. year.